Online Coach Megan here, and I am taking you guys on a walk with me again today. I am on my way back. I got about 15 minutes left till I'm back to my house, and it's the perfect time of day where there's not a whole lot of people out, and the wind, there's a nice breeze, but it shouldn't be too distracting for you guys, so I'm super excited. I just got back from an amazing weekend conference in St. Louis at Pastor Nicole Crank's Women's Conference. And definitely going to have her on the podcast soon. We kind of put it on the back burner. But if you haven't followed her, Pastor Nicole Crank is a fellow tall queen. She's absolutely amazing. And her latest book, um, I Will Thrive, has the book, the word survive crossed out. And then says thrive in rainbow colors. It's all about her story of how she was an unwed mother at 17. She was molested in the fourth grade and raped, I think, in the seventh grade. Um, found out she was adopted, had all this stuff happen to her, had to get a um, restraining order against her husband because he broke her C7, sold all her stuff for drugs, and now she is a phenomenal pastor, married to an amazing human being, Pastor David Crank. And I tell all this to say um, they have a thriving church with six locations, soon to be seven, in um, St. Louis, Missouri, and also two campuses in West Palm Beach, Florida. And got to spend a ton of time with them this weekend at her women's conference. And it was super impactful. And I there's one speaker, Dr. Anita, who what she said really, really inspired me. So I wanted to share it a little bit with you guys. Now, why I wanted to share this with you guys is because this speaker, um, Dr. Anita, she is a trauma therapist and incredible. And she actually changed my mind about something, taught me something new. And one thing that I'm always trying to instill in you guys, as well as my personal one-on-one clients or inner circle family, is that it's okay to change. In fact, change is one of the best things that you could ever do for yourself. Because when you're changing, oftentimes you're growing. And we want to be growing in this personal development journey of ours. Sorry, the wind's kind of bad here. Personal development journey of ours towards becoming our best self, right? So I've taught you guys for years, like literally four years, that what we call the model that we teach from in my life coaching practice and personal development as well and pageant coaching, as well as even my business coaching clients, that the way that your mind works is you have a thought which produces an emotion, which produces an action, which produces a result. And curiously enough, this weekend, Dr. Anita actually challenged that. And from her perspective, having a doctorate in studying neuroscience and psychology and all these different things. Um, and I've heard, you know, the, that model is based off of what many neuroscientists say. Oh, hello. Wonderful. Someone uh, mowing their lawn. Well, we'll get to post-edit this, which will be fun. Pause one second. Okay, we are past the lawnmower. Now I'm in a forest of trees. But this is life. This is the life of an entrepreneur. So, like I said, she challenged the group. Um, but what I had previously based the model off of was um, the life coaching training that I've received as well as studying a lot of Dr. Caroline Leaf, who is a neuroscientist, if not one of the top neuroscientists in the world. So it's not that necessarily, I suppose, one or right is wrong, but this flipping this on its head, which I'm going to tell you here in a second, makes sense to me in a, in a new way that, you know, you don't just change all of your beliefs overnight, but... This really struck me, and I just want you to milk this in your mind and kind of ponder it 
and try this on for size and see how this feels for you. So anyways, what Dr. Anita talked about was that actually emotions are what end up creating your thoughts, not thoughts creating emotions. And she talked about basically how the scripture says we take every thought captive that tries to exalt itself above the knowledge of the word, casting down every false, you know, principality and power of darkness and any false thing. So I love that scripture in 2 Corinthians 10, 5. I've meditated on a lot in my life. But her point was that how many times have you felt like you've casted down millions upon millions of thoughts until you can't cast them down anymore, but you can't seem to get out of the cycle of what your emotion is feeling necessarily in that moment. And she said, you know, you're still dizzy with thoughts feeling like they're just pounding you because from her perspective, which I think is brilliant, thoughts are a series of questions that we ask ourselves. Should I go for a walk? Should I pause this recording when the lawnmower goes by? Should I do a podcast today? What else do I have to do before I get married next week? You know, all these questions that pop up as thoughts that are merely questions 24-7. It's just brilliant. And basically her point was, until you are able to identify the emotion that is causing that thought, that's causing that tidal wave or roller coaster of thoughts, which again, I still believe that those thoughts ultimately are what are creating those emotions, but let's just say that they're either or for right now. I was thinking about this as I was sitting in the chair at this conference, and I was like, you know what? She's right. Like, when, when I'm having all these thoughts bombarding my mind, like, you're not going to fit into your wedding dress. You woke up later than you said you were going to wake up, right? These condemning things that can feel so overwhelming. It's because I am, I need to be able to identify the emotion that it's pointing to in the first place. Unfortunately, to her point, in Christian environments, as well as in just high-profile, high-performance environments, certainly in pageantry, people a lot of times are not willing to identify that they're just going through a tough emotion. Super cool, because in the middle of her sermon, she basically was like, you need to be able to identify, I'm sad, I'm angry, I'm happy, and instead, people are like, no, I'm just irritated, no, I'm just upset, no, I'm just you know, going through a hard time. And she's like, no, you're actually just mad. Fortunately, in religious circles, or it, like I said, in high performance circles, where we have to be on it all the time, or, you know, we do have faith and we're like, hey, like, God's going to help you get through this. God's going to help you get over this. Unfortunately, the other side of the coin sometimes is that we just stuff down our emotions and we don't do anything with them. And guess what? Just because you stuff something down doesn't make it go away. It's actually exactly the opposite. And you're going to see a tidal wave of 10 times the emotion come out in you yelling at your spouse or an emotional breakdown after you miss one thing in your talent performance or whatever it looks like, or you get disappointed of any kind, which is why in all of our coaching clients, we help them really understand the emotional wheel. Because let me tell you, emotions are going to come. They're not going anywhere, and the difference is whether you're going to process them in a way that's healthy and in a way that you can sustain, in a way that you can understand. And what's so beautiful about growing your emotional palate, if you will, is it's kind of like going from being a toddler who only likes chicken nuggets and fries 
to having a preconceived notion about what these different foods will taste like if you've just never tasted them before. And in reality, when you taste them, you may actually really like them. And I think that's a great analogy for emotions. You know, I am naturally um, come to find out a very emotional person, even though I'm an Enneagram 8, and a lot of Enneagram 8s can come off as, I wouldn't say stoic, but I would say they're very hard-headed. You know, they're drivers, they're leaders, and sometimes people only see the outer exterior of the rock that the eight is, right? And though that is one of our greatest strengths on the inside, God has created on the inside of all of us a tenderness and a tenderheartedness that certainly as we pursue our relationship with the Lord even more, that that's one of the fruits of the spirit, right? Is kindness, gentleness, self-control, not putting yourself first, um, you know, humility, these different things. And so if you are struggling to be emblematic of some of those things, you might be needing to grow your emotional capacity. And what else is super great about growing your emotional capacity is that, um, you know, at the end of the day, you don't have to have as many blow-ups, and you'll understand and see life in color. You know, I, I look back to the worst times of my life, or even just when I was really growing into the person that I am today, and I still have very much, you know, a long way to go. But as I was growing and growing out of um, an abusive relationship where I started to understand emotions for the first time, I was so scared of them because emotions hadn't been safe for me in the past. And as I've said before, we're all raised with kind of a standard operating procedure of, okay, here are the emotions I understand. Here are the emotions I'm comfortable with. And do not even try and ask me to feel these other things because they're just uncomfortable, right? In the same way that somebody who's been roller skating their entire life can do spins, can go on one leg, can can skate backwards, can do all these different things. But Lord knows if you put somebody else on a pair of skates, the exact same pair of skates, even if they fit perfectly, and that person had the capacity to skate extremely well the entire time, you'd have a very different result, and that person would probably look like a baby giraffe, right, the entire time. And the difference is not the lack of potential. The potential is actually the same, and obviously we're not talking about, some people are obviously born with God-given gifts, right? If it's genetic and your parents were fifth-generation rollerbladers, and then you're probably going to have some natural talent in your DNA, right? So we're not talking about that. But a lot of times we look at other people and we'll say, oh, well, that's just their personality type. Well, you know, they're a two or they're a whatever, and so they're naturally more empathetic and they understand emotions better. You know, and I, and I would challenge that. And I would say, don't let that be a crutch that stunts the growth that God really does have for you. And so I just wanted to really encourage everybody today to kind of sit and chew on this. This isn't something that you understand necessarily in a moment or that, you know, you're just going to flip a switch and everything's going to be perfect. But, you know, in, in the natural ebbs and flows of emotion, okay, things happen. You've had trauma in the past, potentially. You've had breakdowns and breakthroughs, you know, just different things that happen. Um, one thing that I'm really asking the Lord about this whole, because the whole women's conference was all about trauma um, and just working through our emotions and just becoming these triumphant, powerful women that God's created us to be. And it really struck me because I've come a very long way in my personal journey with trauma, 
my personal journey with, um, you know, fight or flight and these different things. And, you know, I'm getting married next week. So at the time of this podcast coming out, I'll probably actually be married (laughs) and or about a week, week out from it. And, you know, it just had me really thinking because my life as of next week will not be my own anymore, you know, and my, my life's already not my own to a certain capacity of being submitted to Jesus. But now in terms of a actual human person right in front of your face, my life is not my own. You know, you give your life to your spouse and that person to, with the trust that they're going to nurture and take care of that. But with that, along that journey of two becoming one and becoming closer to another person and the closer in proximity that you become to anyone, the more they have the ability to potentially hurt you, right? Someone that you don't care about, someone that you don't have any kind of feelings for, I mean, they're virtually dead to you, right? And and yes, if they comment something on your social media, it's still going to hurt if it's negative. But in all reality, like if they do something and it's not personal, it's going to be a little bit easier to not take it personally as opposed to if your best friend of 20 years said the same thing about you, right? And so that just shows us the power of emotions. It shows us the power of thoughts and how the capacity for you to get over things, the, per- the capacity for you to push through things, overcome things, heal things is actually the same, but we have to change our perception and we have to add tools in our toolbox to be able to man- or to manipulate or, or um, navigate is the word I'm looking for to navigate different situations with progress and from a healed perspective. So the last thing that I want to say um, to you all today is that something that God really checked me about this weekend was just, you know, one or two areas in my life that I'm, I'm, I've made very much progress with in terms of my healing and not acting from my trauma, but from a position of, of healing. And God really revealed those two areas to me. And You know, what's so beautiful about the comforting of the Holy Spirit is that when he convicts you, he doesn't condemn you. And there's such a difference, you guys. There is such a massive difference. Um, And the conviction of the Father is a loving, wonderful Father. It's an embrace coming alongside of you to show you that there's a better way, show you that there's a higher self. And the only way that that's possible is through Jesus, you know, and then in combination with therapy, which is largely what this whole talk was all about as well with Dr. Anita, because obviously she's a trauma therapist. And it's so funny. She looks at everyone and she's like, you need to go to therapy. You need to go to therapy. You need to go to therapy. (laughs) Like Oprah, which is super funny because, again, there's still such a stigma against it. And it's like, hey, we need God and you can pray all day and all that. But also like surround yourself with podcast therapy, you know, tools. And I'm not a therapist. This is not official counseling advice. I have to make sure I'm saying that. Um, Go to somebody who's trained and licensed to take care of you. Um, But the only difference between physical and mental illness are the symptoms. I'm going to say that again. The only difference between physical and mental illness are the symptoms. And we shouldn't have shame attached to one and the freedom of nobody, you know, nobody poo-poos when someone goes to the hospitals because you have physical illness symptoms, right? And you care for those symptoms. You don't just avoid it and let the scab just fester for years. So why do we do that with our mental health? Like, it really makes no sense at the end of the day, right? And so wrapping this up, the things that that God really revealed to me were just a couple things between Landon and I where, you know, if you have, if you've noticed 
or friends of you, it's going to be friends, honestly, or, or people that you're in relationship with have noticed that you may have exacerbated responses to things that are quite normal situations, but for some reason you're a little extra and how they bug you and how they inflame you. Um, I would encourage you to take those things to the Lord and to take those things to therapy and just to encourage you to, to speak those out and just to, you know, that's what prayer is. Prayer is just a conversation with God. It's just, Hey God, like, thanks for revealing these couple things. I freaked out about the dishes again and God helped me to see what about that scenario was maybe actually about the dishes or what about this made me feel what I, what I was feeling and what is that feeling? Was I feeling rejected? Was I feeling not included? Was I feeling insignificant? Was I feeling like I was attaching this thing that happened to another thing that's happened in, in my past, which 99.9% chance that there is, you know, like I, um, some people really struggle with, let's say you had a family dynamic growing up where you felt left out a lot or you felt like you were the black sheep of the family or you weren't the chosen one. And so whenever something else in your life even remotely happens where you feel like you were an oversight or someone didn't choose you or notice you, like how that manifests in my life is if I put on a nice outfit or I like do my hair and makeup or I clean the house, I like used to, I'm going to say used to in Jesus name, freak out if Landon didn't notice right away. And he's like, baby, like, I love you so much, but I got home, we got in a fight about the dishes last week and I cleaned the whole kitchen and he didn't say anything. And I like lost it <laughs> and I was crying and all these things. And I'm not too prideful to admit this. And he just goes, baby, like, what is going on, honey? Like, what is happening? And so I ran to my room, you know, and I was able to process it out. I talked to God about it. I journaled and he's so amazing. I have the best husband in the world. And he comes back to me and he goes, okay, baby, like, let's talk about what this is really about. Okay. And finally I was able to say, and I was like, you know, I just feel like I'm overlooked. Like in those moments I put in all this effort and I just feel like I don't matter. I feel like you're signaling to me that no matter how much effort I put in, that it's always going to be me who's just the housewife or who's just the person at home who just is expected to clean the kitchen and expected to do this stuff. Or, you know, I even put in a nice dress. Like I, I, I tried to look nice for him and he didn't say anything. And he goes, baby, are you in a place where I can speak this to you? And I was like, yes, even though inside I definitely wasn't. And then we, you know, did the run around again, needed a quick 15 minutes to cool off. And then we were able to have a true conversation where my fight or flight had kind of, you know, been okay, been subsided. And finally he goes, baby, I, w I was home for a total of 12 seconds when you started freaking out on me. And I love you so much. And I, I, I appreciate you looking so good for me. You look amazing. The house looks amazing. And I appreciate all of this. And I want to appreciate you. He goes, but you need to let me have more than 12 seconds to even notice things because I just got home from work. I just drove an hour home. I'm, he's like, I need some time to process. I'm not Superman. And I was just like, and he goes, can you, can you kind of see where I'm coming from? And at first, I, the first time we tried to have the conversation, I was a diva and I was like, no, well, here's what I felt. And, blah, 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 blah. and my emotions were still freaking out. But once I was able to subside that and, you know, kind of calm down, I was able to see things from his perspective. And um, he's just so patient and we really do communicate well. And I was able to be like, oh my gosh, I am so sorry, babe. Like, and then I, I tried to build up what I, what I had broken, right? Because what 
I don't want him to feel is that he has to walk on eggshells when he's around me. So that's really important that I not only apologize, but I also speak to the, the progress and how I'm working on myself and how it's not just his job to comfort me. So then in that moment, I said, hey, babe, like, I'd like to speak into this. And I just said, hey, I am willing to work on this. I realize that this is an inflammatory response. This is not a normal response. And I want you to know that this is below my standard for our relationship. Like, here's where I'd like to be. Um, and in the future, like, if we need to create a five-minute rule, um, I said, here's what you can expect from me. I'm going to give you five whole minutes to just lay on the couch, to take your shoes off, to just rest, do whatever you need to do. And I will not say a word. And then what I need from you is that knowing that I probably did something to make you happy because I love you and I want our home to be like a sacred place and a safe space. I want you to look for ways to like see and notice what I did, whether I took the trash out or just little things because I'm quality time and acts of service. So that's how I receive love. And, um, and because like I, I was kind of black sheep of the family, you know, I'm a middle child, like, and then also really where it comes from, cause I have an amazing family who loved me and showered me with love 24 seven. Um, I, the two reasons why that bugs me is because I do that for Landon 24 seven. Like I look for ways to thank him. Like I, that's just who I am. I think it's cause I'm a coach and I love to see the best in people almost to a fault. I believe the best in people. So I'm always like, like yesterday I got home from a trip and he had cleaned the whole house and I'm just like, bing, 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 like rattle off 20 things immediately of like, you did the trash. Oh my gosh. You wiped the counters. The dishes are done. Babe, this looks amazing. You put away these wedding gifts. Like you're looking hot. I like your shirt. And I just like, he will never be void of affirmation a day in his life. And, um, lucky man. Right. <laughs> and that's, that's what makes a good relationship is you're constantly bucket filling so that when you do have those moments of contention, it's not just totally bottoming out somebody's bucket. And that's where you get bitterness and resentment and anger and all these other horrible things, criticism that are 100% like the biggest causes of divorce. And the Gottman Institute actually studied this and saw that criticism, resentment, bitterness, and um, I think like not telling the truth is the fourth one that are guaranteed, like you're almost guaranteed like 100% to get a divorce. And then they can also tell whether a couple will succeed just in their communication. So go study that if you're interested in that. But the second reason why that triggered me so much that I was able to figure out is because in my abusive relationship, um, there were it was basically like rules for thee, but not for me. And so in my abusive relationship, um, I was working at his place of residence. I had an office in the basement um, just out of necessity, <laughs> which is so toxic now that I look back. And so me, like I would get done with my work and I would make dinner and I would clean up the house and I would do all these things. I was even folding his laundry, which was ridiculous. And cause we weren't engaged. We weren't <laughs> just, just ridiculous you guys. But because I was so under his spell of narcissism that, um, I just wanted to do anything to make the relationship work. I wanted to do anything where we wouldn't get in a fight, just anything. Cause I was, in, I was so operating out of fear. And so, you know, he'd say he'd be home at five, five o'clock would pass, five thirty would pass, six o'clock would pass, six fifteen would pass, six thirty would pass, and all of a sudden he'd come strolling in at seven o'clock. And there'd be no apology, there'd be no I'm sorry, there'd be no anything, it'd just be justification of, well, you know, my boss needed me. And so I I had that open wound that was never validated. And finally when I was able to realize that I was connecting this moment of the dishes or, you know, just acts of service that I had given 
that Landon was like, babe, like, I love you so much, but like, you can't do things just to get my thanks. And, and I, I was trying to like explain my perspective and, and he was like, baby, like, I can't be walking on eggshells. And, and he's like, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to fight against resenting you if I think that you're only cleaning the kitchen just for a thank you, you know? And so I had to, I had to be able to dig really deep and again, analyze the emotion, which is where this podcast even started today. I had to be able to dig super deep look into my heart and say, okay, God, search me and know me, search the depths of my heart, purify my heart that just God teach me, like, where does this come from? And then in that prayer time and in that time of meditation with the Holy Spirit and only a way that he can do, he was able to bring out this trauma and bring out this thing that needed healing and show me where it came from without reopening the wound. Cause that's who Jesus is. And it was so beautiful. And so then I'm, I'm able to say, hey, babe, like, this is where this came from. This is how I was massively betrayed in the past. So, you know, why I ask you just when you're coming home every day is not because I even care if it's 6 or 6.30, but it's because your word is so important to me because that is a, a, a foundation of trust for me in our relationship because of where I've, you know, where I've been and what I've been through. So I, I know that this isn't necessarily directly about pageants today, but I'm, I'm getting married next week, you know, and I'm just so passionate about helping you guys curate healthy relationships and also to analyze if you have toxic communication between, you know, you, you could be the toxic one, just being real. You know, we've all, I, I've had moments where I was toxic and it happened to be because I was immature in some areas. And then also because I was with a terrible person doing terrible things. And, you know, so, so sometimes you just have a lethal combination in that way, but I want to encourage you guys to get free. I am so passionate about getting women free freeing up your voice, freeing up your mind, freeing up your emotions, um, helping you to to starve the fear and to build your faith. I have goosebumps as I'm saying this because you guys, like, I have been so bound in life and now I'm walking as a free person. And there is just so, there's such a difference, you guys. I wish you could just see my heart on a silver platter of, of how much the power of communication and just leaning into the Lord and allowing him to love you back to life is so powerful. And you guys, why I am able to be the, the wife that I am, the entrepreneur that I am, the sister that I am, the boss that I am, the worship leader that I am, the speaker that I am, and the person that is encouraging the person at Walmart that I am is because I have been willing to say, God, take my heart, take my life, take my emotions and do something with it. God, you are the restorer of the broken. You're the father. You are the comforter. And Jesus is my best friend. I have the father which is, you know, the dad, the person who wraps his arms around you and makes you safe, the protector. You have Jesus, who's the friend. It says we are, he's the friend in the Bible. And then the comforter, which is the Holy Spirit and the person who is our direct counterpart that walks with us and in us here on the earth to speak to us and give us wisdom and show us things to come in the past, present, and future. And, you know, I know not all of you guys are Christians who listen to my podcast, and that's perfectly okay. But I hope that this at least makes you curious to dive in at a new level. You know, if you're in a church that doesn't believe in the Holy Spirit, I encourage you to, to analyze what you feel when you listen to things like this, when you hear truth, because I know that you know that it's truth because your spirit gets free when it hears it. it says the truth makes you free. It's impossible to not get free when you're willing and able and when you hear truth. So if you are in a religion um, if you are in a cult of any kind, or if you are in the, the occult, of any kind, if you were in a dead religion that does not preach the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and and purely, you guys, just the Bible says that the truth sets you free and that they'll know that we're Christians by our love and by our fruit. And I didn't come here to preach at you, 
but I came here to as an invitation to a better life, you guys, to a next step, to something where God can take you higher and deeper and farther than you could ever, ever go on your own, that you could ever go by therapy alone, that you could ever go by just chatting it up with your girlfriend. It is the truth of your creator, the person who formed you in your mom's innermost being and and truly from the image of God in the first place. Like we have to go back to creation and go back to the father and that person who made us to be able to take us to the next level and set us free, you guys. And so I know we're here to talk about pageants, but I don't apologize for being open with my faith because I know what God can do um, and how he can take you to the next level. So I hope that this blessed you today. Um, I have a couple announcements that are brand new that I'd love to share with you guys. So number one, if you have been listening to our podcast for a long time, we are now taking on clients for the 2023 season. We won like literally two out of three states this weekend that we had girls competing in in MAO. We won Miss Utah. Congratulations to Lindsay. We um, won Nebraska's Outstanding Teen. Congratulations to Allie. We got first runner up at Miss Nebraska and double prelim winner. Um, and won the community service award in pretty much every single state. Actually, I think every state that we had competitors in. We had two top teners in Miss Illinois. Shout out to y'all. And we won the overall interview award in every single state as well. Um, With teen and and with both actually people who got top 10, they beat out everyone in the top five for interview, which I always think is just so fun, Um, where I'm like, yes, like the proof is in the pudding. We love to see it. Um, We have tons more states competing next weekend and then a ton else of y'all that are competing on my wedding weekend. So good luck to everybody. Break a leg. Um, You're going to do absolutely incredible. And um, I know that we just had so many winners, even just by listening to the podcast. So I would like to know you. That's number two. Um, You know, after this pageant season, I'm praying for you. Even if I don't know you by name, I pray over our podcast listeners all the time and uh, just praying a blessing and a peace over you. Um, and that the, the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding would truly guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. And, uh, I would love to know that you're listening to this. And so I would love it if you would just take two seconds to send us a DM at powerhouse pageantry on Instagram to make sure that you're following coach Allie and myself on all of our accounts. Um, we've got some really exciting content coming up, you know, June and, uh, July and August are kind of the slower months in pageantry. So we're really focusing on content. I just bought like six new wigs. I don't know if y'all saw this, but we're going to start doing some skits on Powerhouse's Instagram, which I'm super pumped about. Um, We're going to kind of play up the stereotypes of the industry. So definitely send in any uh, fun things that you you want to see on the Instagram as well. Um, But I, I can't emphasize enough how much if you've been listening to this, I would love to know who you are. We have thousands of people who listen to this podcast every single week. And I don't coach all of you. I coached a hundred of you this last year, you know, Um, but I would love to coach all of you in some capacity. You know, we have our group coaching inner circle. We have one-on-one private coaching through IMA. We have one-on-one intensives, which we're going to start up again in July. Um, it'd be the perfect treat for you in the summer when you don't have school, just to take some time off and come here for a transformational eight hour day that truly it's like dark to light. I mean, we guarantee that you guys walking out of there will know, um, and have fixed the, the number one thing that's causing you not to win. And pretty much 100% of the time, it's not the thing that you think was the thing that you were struggling with. And Allie and I pride ourselves on, you know, just being raised, um, kind of having the spiritual component to things, the life coaching component, um, the sisterhood component, being, you know, previous title holders very recently, and then also being expert coaches in our field. Um, And then Allie, an executive coach on top of that, we take all of that knowledge together 
and we pour it out on you um, for eight hours during the day. And we have a couple testimonials that we're going to be sharing um, from people who came from intensives. One, just one Miss South Dakota's outstanding teen. She came here for a half day intensive like a month ago, and it was just so awesome. And it it was the finishing touches. This was her first time competing at South Dakota Outstanding Teen, and she's young, and she did the dang thing, you know? So um, it, it really does make a difference, and you have to align yourself with a coach that understands you, that provides a safe environment for you to learn. And if you want different results, you have to do something differently. And so it's definitely worth saving up for, um, and we promise to be good stewards of any time, talent, or treasure that you spend with us. So you guys can go ahead and click the link for a free strategy call um, in the link below in the show notes, or just send us a PM on um, Facebook Messenger or on Powerhouse Pageantry's Instagram. And last but not least, please make sure that you are a part of our Pageant Winner Secrets free Facebook group. We release the video versions of the podcast every Friday inside of the group. And that's also where you'll get specialty trainings for free at least once a month with other um, primetime topics that are along the lines of leadership, communication, mental health, onstage presence, everything from A to Z, fashion, hair and makeup regarding pageantry. I want to see you win this year, not just in pageantry, but in life. And so thanks so much for listening to this episode and I will see you guys next week.